BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm John Sears, and the Vikings will always have the Minneapolis miracle. I'm Keith Murphy. I'm sure that minimizes tonight's disappointment. WHOHD, it's Sound Off with Keith Murphy and John Sears, featuring Andy Fails with What's Bugging Andy. Now, get ready to Sound Off. Welcome to Sound Off, and we do feel for our many friends out there who are our Vikings fans. Um, you think it, it feels or makes it better or worse that the game is in Minneapolis. The Super Bowl? Yeah, the Super Bowl. You think it, if you're a Vikings fan right now, you're almost in that Super Bowl, but you don't quite get there, but you still get to host the Super Bowl. Feel better or worse? Oh, it's definitely worse. Without a doubt worse. The one chance you get a shot to host the Super Bowl, you got a good team, chance to get there, and an egg is laid in the NFC Championship. Without a doubt worse. Your chance oh, to no sound doubt. off coming up. Call 515-282-9010. Hot Topic Super Bowl is set. The underdog Eagles routed the Vikings behind 350 yards and three touchdowns from Nick Foles. The Eagles will try to win their first Super Bowl. The Patriots will try to win their sixth, all with the incomparable Tom Brady. Patriots are in a record 10th Super Bowl appearance by coming from 10 down in the fourth to turn back the Jags. 24 to 20. Patriots and Eagles in the Super Bowl two weeks from tonight, right here on Channel 13. Let's sound off. Give us a call. Anything. Football, basketball, let's do it. 515-282-9010. Chris Street deserved better. There was nothing street-like about Iowa's effort against Purdue. But Saturday's celebration was about how much street means to so many, not this seemingly lost season. Chris Street has now been gone longer than he was here. But 25 years after he died, Street still stirs emotions in ways difficult to explain. It's true, he was an Iowan who grew up dreaming of being a Hawkeye, but that's not rare. It's also true, Street could really play. 15 points, 10 rebounds, tenacious defense. Rick Brown, author of the new street book, Emotion in Motion, said Chris played every game like it might be his last. And then it was. Not long after Chris hit two free throws at Duke to set a new Iowa record with 34 straight, and Coach K told him it was an honor to play against you, Street was tragically, shockingly, suddenly gone. And for many people, that was their first glimpse at mortality. If Chris Street can die mid-season, hit by a snowplow, anyone can die, and at any time. Even now, 25 years later, people describe where they were and how they reacted in vivid detail. They often 
fight back tears or just start sobbing. And this is where I think we get to the heart of Chris Street's real legacy. More than the free throws or the murals or the team awards. Inevitably, as fans recall an encounter with Street, he always had time, always made them feel special, and always did something extra. It's being a good guy, and that's a lasting legacy worth celebrating. Kudos to the University of Iowa for a great ceremony yesterday at halftime. Now, Keith, earlier this week, reports surfaced that the NCAA is considering changing the transfer rules that apply to football and basketball athletes. The biggest change would be allowing any athlete to transfer one time without penalty of having to sit out a year if they meet the GPA requirements. This would ultimately give more power to the athlete, which, of course, coaches don't want. Take Iowa State basketball transfer Mariel Shayok, for example. He's currently sitting out a year because of the current NCAA rules. Imagine if he could play right away. Many have said Shayok would not only start, but be a star. He could be the difference between NCAA and NIT. The hypocrisy of the current rule is coaches are allowed to leave their school at any given time, break a contract, and then coach the very next year. Any other student can transfer to another school, continue in other activities immediately, but not athletes. If an athlete signs with a school, then a year later decides, this isn't for me, why should they be penalized for waiting, wanting a fresh start at another school? No one else is. Now, opponents to this possible change say the new transfer rule would turn college sports into the wild, wild west. High profile teams poaching athletes from smaller schools. Sure, that's possible, but I don't think it would be as rampant as many think. Most kids are loyal to their school and don't want to just jump and move. Some won't meet GPA requirements and many schools won't even have open roster spots. The NCAA rarely does anything to benefit the athlete. We'll see if they do the right thing here. Thank you, John. Let's uh, get to some live calls here, 282-9010. Peyton is in Manson. Peyton, what did you think of the championship games today? I thought they were pretty good today. Um, I was. Did we lose Peyton? I think we did lose Peyton. Um, he thought the games were good. Yeah, he liked. Well, the games. this one is good if you're an Eagles fan. Yeah, you know what you didn't want to see is a is a if you didn't have a dog in the fight is a blowout. This was a 38 to seven game. This was a dud except for Eagles fans. It started out good. I mean, the Vikings went down and scored or scored off the bat. You're thinking, okay, we got a game here. And then 38 unanswered. It got out of hand. Less is in Ames. Less. It looked for a while like the Jaguars would upset the Patriots, but then <laughs> it, uh, Tom Brady showed up for the fourth quarter. Keith, it's just ter terrific Tom, man. It's what he does. Um, he's been doing this longer than any other quarterback in the game right now. And so, you know, it's, it, it was nothing new to him. So, you know, put it, putting his team in a great situation to win, um, just to come back, that, that's just Patriot football. I'm a Patriot fan. So I'm super excited for these guys, and uh, we're, we're going to see the Eagles in two weeks. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a good rematch. Yeah. Yeah, and no, don't expect Nick Foles to play like that two <laughs> games in a row. I'm not sure he can. But hey, Tom hey, Brady, stop hating on Foles. I'm not hating on him. He played great. Uh, Tom Brady will become the first 40-year-old yeah. man to Jeez. start a Super Bowl. Maybe I do That'd be need incredible. To, yeah, I need to start drinking more water. Uh, thank you, Les. Appreciate you sounding off tonight. We have lookalikes now with a local connection. Tiny rough judges. Brad Myers says Iowa basketball player Ryan Creener is a doppelganger for T2 star Edward Furlong. That's just Terminator a, 2. Yeah, that's Terminator 2. Just a foot and a half taller. Uh, Tiny rough, what do you think? 
Doesn't like that one. God, that was a harsh buzzer, too. Yeah, they held on to that long time. Uh, I think Dave Price, without his glasses, and the AutoZone spokesperson that wears the red polo shirt were separated at birth. Thanks for the consideration of my lookalike, Mayor Bill in Lambs Grove. Tiny ref? Ooh. Are we sure that isn't Dave? <laughs> Guys, if you're like me, you went looking for a pocket square to wear with your outfit tonight. And if you're like me, you are 100% pretty sure that it works with your outfit. It's What's Bugging Andy next. Follow us on Twitter at SoundOff13. Randy writes, big downer for Vikings fans to get so close to hosting themselves and then not. Like thinking the cutest girl in class is talking to you when she's really talking to the guy behind you. <laughs> Rob writes, while I appreciate the comparison, Licklider won less than 40% of his games in three years at Iowa and set the program back decades. One bad Fran year doesn't even come close to the Licklider era. Decades? Decades? Decade seems like a lot. Since, I mean, you can turn basketball years, yeah. around pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing we know about Andy Fails, it's that he never misses an episode of Say Yes to the Dress. It's just one of many ways Andy keeps up on his fashion-first lifestyle. Do you notice anything special about my outfit? I'm, I'm wearing my pocket square. Or, I mean, I'm trying to. I, I don't know if it matches or not. I, I personally don't think it does, but... I really don't know because there is no shortage of opinions on pocket squares, right? I mean, from matching them to folding them, and quite frankly, the whole thing is what's bugging Andy tonight. I mean, this is yet another useless feature of a man's semi-formal attire. I mean, like the tie, like the hole in the lapel, like these four buttons which do nothing, nothing. Like the bottom button on your coat. I mean, it's all decoration, useless and silly. I'm like a car with four hood ornaments and wire wheel hubcaps. But the pocket square is the worst. I mean, what is it? I mean, it's a handkerchief, but you absolutely can't use it to blow your nose. It's supposed to match your tie, but not really. It's supposed to go with your shirt, kind of. It's supposed to stick out of, of your pocket, but just just a little bit. It's supposed to draw attention, but not too much. And like every other piece of men's fashion, it has gone in and out of style over and over again. Pocket squares are very much in right now, but not long ago, they were considered gaudy, like something Mr. Peanut would wear with his top hat and monocle. So while we all learn to match our ties and work the in hand and Windsor knots to perfection, we really didn't get the course on pocket squares until well after our formative years. So now we're kind of just throwing darts. GQ Magazine offers this as a good example of a good pocket square combination. But doesn't that match his tie? And, and this, I, I like it, but I mean with that lapel flower and the tie clip, this poor guy now takes an hour to get dressed. I'm told this is a good match, but I don't know why. No idea. GQ says the pocket square should pick up but not match the colors of your jacket and tie. Yeah, say that in Mandarin Chinese and it's only a little more difficult to understand. I'm trying, guys. 
But my guess is that by the time I get the whole pocket square thing down, they'll have gone the way of the old peg jeans, which are, as I learned while researching this column, already on their way to a comeback. I'm Andy Fails, and that's what's bugging me. Coming up on Sound Off, Peyton in Manson, Dodger Denny and Fort Dodge flash in Des Moines, and more memories of Chris Street. Like us on Facebook, it is Sound Off Nation. Jeremy writes about Iowa State basketball. Not too worried about this year. Young team that is going to struggle. There's been a couple games like this one that I think shows up what's next. It shows us what's in store the next couple seasons. Big win against Texas Tech. Eric writes, I personally thought on a night they remembered a great player like Chris Street, they would have won. There's something broken inside that team. They need to do a players-only meeting and get their grievances out. It's not the coaches at all. This is all on the players at this point. That was a bad effort. Um, who's in your Not five? Good. In honor of forever 40, some memorable 40s in Iowa, players who wore 40. Number five, Harrison Barnes, a memorable 40 who left Iowa. Uh, number four, Lauren Meyer, former cyclone from Ruthven, had a scary accident when he was hit by a train. Uh, number three, Fred Hoiberg, uh, once held to a point, single point by Street and Iowa. It's gotta be his lowest scoring output ever. It was. Yeah. Switched from 32 to 40, Fred's junior season. Ryan Bowen, Hawkeye, wore 40 at uh, Iowa and in the NBA. And number one, Morgan Wheat, former Valley Tiger, first Cyclone to switch to 40, and he did it mid-season after Chris Street's death. Now an assistant coach with Des Moines North. Let's Lovers. get back to the uh, calls here. Peyton is in Manson. I think you got cut off earlier. You had a thought on Eagles-Vikings. Yeah, they, uh, the Eagles played really well today. They came out right out of the gate, and they played really hard. And you see that the Vikings side played really good defense until they've slumped it down, you know, and, you know, I'm wishing the Vikings would have pulled out a better seven-point lead than that, but, you know, it was a good game. It started and, well for the Vikings, but it was all Eagles after that, as uh, Flash in Des Moines knows. Flash? Go ahead, yeah, Flash. I was, I was really disgusted that the Vikings' defense didn't really show up at all in the second half. Yeah, they were bad today. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys had some inside track on to why they couldn't get going and get the Eagles off the field like they've done all year long. Picked apart by Nick Foles. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was just the like like Keith said, Foles is the game of his life, but the Vikings defense did not look very good. They didn't look like the normal Vikings defense that we're used to seeing, uh, but the offense didn't help him out either. I mean, the offense has to move the ball a little bit. you got to put up some points as well, so the defense is out there a long time. But, uh, man, this is – this is every Vikings fan nightmare uh, in seeing another route like this. And, and Keith, let me ask you this. They got three quarterbacks now, Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, and Sam Bradford. If you're the Vikings, what do you do? I don't really see like a clear cut, yep, we got to keep him. I don't either because uh, Keenum has played well. He wasn't great today, but he's not the reason the Vikings lost. And I don't so, know if he's a like a full-time pay him money to be the starter. I don't I, I, I don't, don't think so either. Bradford can't stay healthy. Yeah. And Bridgewater, you just don't know. I mean, you didn't know he was great to begin with, but you just you don't know how he recovers from that yeah. knee. That knee was just, like, blown apart. Yeah, I don't think he's thrown a pass in, like, two years. The Cyclones answer their coach's challenge. That's part of Face Off Next, plus more of your live calls. We'll get to Dodger Denny and others at 515-282-9010.
Email us anytime, sound off at whotv.com. Fran McCaffrey should send Todd Licklider. Thank you, Letter, for being historically bad. Otherwise, any other coach would be fired in year eight of this monstrosity of coaching decisions. Go ahead and include Gary Barna as well. He continues to ride the coattails of Ferentz Brands Bluter, all hired by his predecessor. That is from Ryan and Adele. It was rough on Saturday. We can all agree to that. That was that was really bad. Mm. All right, time to bounce around some more topics. We call it face-off. On Wednesday, Iowa State was blown out at TCU, and the camera caught Steve Prohm laying into his players during a timeout. Yeah. That's not a side I've ever seen from Prohm, but I like it. He's passionate about the game, and his team was playing like crap. When Prohm's mad, there's good reason. He picks his spots. Prohm was upset his players did not compete with maximum effort. They got the message and responded. That 18-point win over number 8 Texas Tech is Iowa State's widest margin of victory over a top-10 team ever. Ever? Ever. Crazy. That's what Iowa State says. Drake is still on top of the MVC. Bulldogs tied with Loyola at 6-2. Many keep expecting that bubble to burst, but they keep on winning. Are you a believer? I am a believer that Drake is not going away. The Bulldogs play hard and smart. They also proved Saturday they can, they can win even when missing shots. Yeah. The dogs couldn't hit sand falling off a camel. Still beat a good Missouri State team. Another first place showdown Wednesday night. The Bulldogs deserve a big crowd. Pack that nap. Wednesday against Loyola, yeah. Lolo Jones did not make the U.S. bobsled team for the Winter Olympics. She's 35 years old, had a heck of a career, but her Olympic run is over. Yeah, it's over. And Lolo's down, but she made three Olympics. That's three more than most of us. However, she was two hurdles from gold and stumbled off the medal stand. Four years later, she finished fourth. Not easy to get over, but I wish her peace. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is joining NBC as a NASCAR broadcaster later this year, but they're bumping Jr. up to the Super Bowl and the Olympics. What in the world of sports is going on? NBC thinks it has a star. Dale Jr. is a great interview. Hopefully, he's equally candid on the other side of the mic. But what's he gonna cover at the Winter Olympics? I don't know, racing? What racing? Uh, speed skaters draft, John. Bobsledders corner and rail. I'm sure they'll think of something. They need a car of some sort, don't they? Give Junior a chance. All right, give him a shot. Over under, 94 skating drama, overrated, the rehabilitation of Tanya Harding's image. The I, Tanya movie is really good, and it humanizes Tanya and her awful upbringing but Tanya's not a total victim. She now admits she overheard plans of an attack. Underrated Nancy Kerrigan, two-time Olympic medalist, is mocked for screaming, why? 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 Which is a logical question when one is clubbed across the knee six weeks before the Olympics. It is a logical question. Yeah. yeah. She also said that Disney World was corny when she was up on that float, but the situation was corny to her. She just didn't understand microphones are everywhere. Um, Tiny Ref is, uh, I think he's on strike or something. We may what do not... we do? What do we do? We just go on without him. I never invited him on this show in the first place. Yeah, how did he get on here? I don't even know. All right, well, good. All right. Uh, let's go to um, Dodger Denny in Fort Dodge. Hey, guys. Uh, I think that chewing out might have helped the team because they looked a lot better uh, yesterday than they did the last game before that. So I said that was, that was a good job. I, I agree. They they need their young team, and their coach doesn't chew them out a lot. So when he did, they listened. They uh, they trust him. They believe him, 
and they did respond. Uh, now I they're hope, back at Hilton Coliseum. That helped. Yeah. Well, I hope they play Texas, I think, Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Weiler, okay. Babb, Wigginton, and Jackson combined for 39. When they can all shoot and score, uh, they're tough to beat. And Cameron Lard is turning into a star in the Big 12. He's going to be a load in the next couple of years. Joe is in Newton with a uh, final thought on the Eagles-Vikings-NFC championship game. Yeah, guys, I just wanted to know. I, I know you guys are the, the sports gurus, and but I'm, I just have a problem with a guy calling in asking you two why the Vikings' defense didn't show up. Apparently he's a typical Vikings fan and has no clue on to what's going on. If you guys knew that, I'd like to talk to you for the game so I could make some real money. And one other thought, Tanya Harding is laughing all the way to the bank. Just remember that. <laughs> Sometimes crime does pay. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Thank you. You all too. Right. You too. And that, uh, I, Tanya movie, it's something. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's hard to turn your eyes away from it, right? I mean, it's just one of those things you're kind of fascinated with watching. You hate to say it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's, uh, man, I remember those 94 yeah. Olympics, those were nuts. Uh, that's going to do it for us, we're back next week, we hope you are too. We leave you with the sound off send off, 2A boys basketball, East Marshall versus AGWSR. Zane Johnson the steal, ahead to Zane Leadham, back to Johnson for the dunk. The Zane combo works to perfection, the Mustangs are still undefeated, East Marshall 13-0, let's see it again, Zane to Zane, have a good night. No, we should have seen tonight the Eagle came. The, yeah, the, the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. We got to bring back the. What is this puppy cam? What is this? This is kitten cam. Is this just somebody's house? Yeah. I, you somebody know just what? Put up their iPhone in their house. We're streaming. Is that a kitchen? That's a kitchen. Right I there. think this is Ed Wilson's garage. <laughs> this is Ed Wilson's garage, and these are Ed's kittens. Uh, it's kitten cam.